Well, hello there and welcome to another edition of the Cricket Scotland podcast for 2019. Almost at the end of 2019 as we head into December and them cold, cold winter months where cricket seems such a far away thing for everyone in this country. But we've got a great edition of the podcast today. We're going to be looking back at the men's T20 World Cup qualifiers that happened in the UAE. We've also got interviews with the Scotland men's head coach, Shane Berger, Hamster here. And also Jake shall be previewing the latest upcoming round, that's round three, of the CWCL2. Still not a snappier name for a podcast like this. Also, big shout out to the new podcast music there, Sam, Callum, Bastian and Callum from Beeslack Community High School in Pennycook. Thanks so much for that rocking podcast intro music there. But Jake... Great to be back on the podcast. It's been such a long time. It certainly has, hasn't it? Hasn't it just? I've been flying solo a couple of times myself here, but good to get the good to get the band back together. And in such plush surroundings as well. What can I say? We've recorded podcasts in a shed, in my car, in your living room, but uh, the, it, nothing tops where we are today. Yeah, we're in a nice uh, little bougie studio. Uh, it's nice soundproofed with all these professional mics. I don't know how we've been trusted with this, I but know, this is I've, uh, dangerous. <laughs> given the key, given the key. Uh, but it's good to be here and it's good to be back. Um, and thanks so much for listening as always. But Jake, let's start right at the the main point of this podcast. We're looking back a couple, well, what seems like a while ago now, but this incredible qualifying tournament. We knew it would be good. Everyone knew it was going to be hugely wide open, hugely competitive, and boy, oh boy, did it deliver. Oh, certainly did, didn't it? Proper dogfight of a competition in the true tradition of all the uh, associate competitions of recent times. Um, I mean, we've talked so much in the past about how that gap between the lower ranking full members and the the upper ranking associates has grown smaller and smaller to the point where it's non-existent. Well, this tournament proved that that gap just below that level as well is is progressing in a similar fashion. Anyone could be anyone. Ireland found out losses to UAE and and, and to Canada. Ireland full member, of course, and of course Scotland. Uh, those those losses, Singapore and Namibia. So yeah, proper tournament. And if you ever need any more evidence that the the real excitement in the cricket world is in the associate game where you see proper cricket with context, well, this provided it in spades. What was really good to see as well was the attention it was getting. I know like when you follow certain social media streams on Twitter, for example, you're obviously going to see a lot of coverage about it. But it, it really did seem to be getting through to the mainstream media coverage, especially um, just how thrilling some of the games were and some of the moments that we saw, some of the catches, some of the incredible hitting. Um, but let's look at the winners and also the runners-up. The Netherlands and Papua New Guinea, worthy champions and a worthy final? Yeah, very much so, I think. Uh, Netherlands showed themselves to be the team to beat throughout and Papua New Guinea had a wonderful tournament. Really interesting to contrast, actually, the form of, of Papua New Guinea in the, the T20 qualifier. They, they did so well, um, yet are still to win a game in Cricket World Cup League 2. It just shows how the competitive nature of the of the associate game how anyone can beat anyone how on your day uh, you can get on a get on a run um, or things can go can go wrong for you as well well let's look at Scotland's uh, qualified and they, they achieved their, their main goal of the tournament was was securing a place at this uh, T20 World Cup happening in Australia next year mission accomplished regarding that. Uh, but what about the tournament as a whole? Like you said, a couple of losses, and it wasn't exactly the the champion kind of title that possibly could have been. Well, yeah, um, as you say, I think if we're looking at the list of priorities for Scotland um, from A to Y, 
was qualification and Z was maybe let's see if we can win the tournament. Um, and so first and foremost, job done. Um, fifth place finish is good enough. We're, we're on the plane to Australia and that's really all that matters here. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a tough tournament. Um, Scotland had a number of, of off-field issues to contend with that didn't help. You know, the loss of Tom Sowell as a bowling option who, uh, who has to um, submit to, to ICC testing on his action. Um, the loss of, of Hamza Tahir and Carl Kurtz at different stages to illness, the injury to Ollie Hares and, and so on. These things didn't help. Um, but I think it says an awful lot that when it came down to the, the winner-takes-all match against the UAE, where it was, you know, win and we're on the plane to Australia, lose, we're going home, um, that the team pulled out that 90-run win, that level or nature of, of, of the win, I think said an awful lot about the resilience of the team. I mean, it's the old football cliche, but, you know, the, the mark of a championship-winning team is that when it's not playing so well, it can grind out the results on those on those hard days. Well, Scotland showed that it could do it here. And um, I mean, as, as Shane Berger said in, in, in the in the interview um, that we'll hear shortly, um, Scotland weren't at their best, were far from at their best. But the important thing is they're on the plane to Australia. And I think we'll see a very, very different Scotland team when uh, when that tournament starts. Yeah, we've chatted about it so much in this podcast about the depth in the Scotland squad and also the fact that you know, there comes a time where you have to achieve when the moment calls for you. How many times in the past have we looked at this, you know, Scotland one well, in, in cricket and also other major tournaments and other sports when it gets that crunch time and maybe the performance isn't there. So it was incredibly satisfying to see that performance, not only, for example, when it was needed after the loss against Namibia, they came back hard and came back strong against Bermuda. And again, like you said, when it came, the UAE, and it was a huge victory for that and great performances all round. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, with the bat, um, you know, Matt Cross, um, George Munsey, Callum McLeod, Carl Kutzer, you know, all provided half centuries, but lots of uh, lots of people putting their hand up with the bat when when necessary. And um, you know, with the, with the ball, Safian Sharif, ever reliable, took thirteen wickets, Mark what twelve, and uh, and Hamza Tahir, who we'll hear from later, enhanced his his burgeoning reputation uh, hugely. Well, Jake, you caught up with Shane earlier in the week to have a little kind of post-mortem about the qualifying tournament. Um, what is discussed? Yeah, we had a chat at uh, Cricket Scotland headquarters. Um, the squad are back together now, training, ready to head back to the UAE uh, next month. And um, yeah, we started off by talking about the, about the qualifier and uh, I asked Shane for his overview of the tournament. It was an interesting time we had over there. You know, obviously the main goal was to qualify for the World Cup. I think that was definitely goal number one. The, the second goal that we wanted to achieve was winning the tournament, which is something we never we never managed to achieve. We didn't manage to get into the semi-finals, and I think um, in terms of an overview on the tournament, that's that's probably the biggest letdown. Um, but I think we would have learned a lot of lessons from that. There were obviously areas we, you know, we didn't commit too well in in terms of um, you know a couple of. Uh, a couple of aspects of the game that that maybe let us down that didn't didn't allow us to get into the semi-finals. Um, we also had um, a really good competition. I think the other teams were really well prepared and probably have upped their game. Um, so, so that was something we we knew was going to happen. But um, you know, when you get in a competition like a qualifier and the pressure's on, um, you know, sometimes that pressure um, does some funny things to players. And um, you know, so we that's something we need to get better at doing is just handling the pressure. Um, a little bit better and um, but in terms of you know going there and, and achieving goal number one qualifying for the World Cup I think what it does do it, it buys us a bit more time to really focus on the things that we probably didn't do as well so 
when we get to Australia in in October next year, we're um, we're really hoping that we're gonna, you know, hit the ground running and make sure that we, you know, certainly the most prepared and and the fittest team at that tournament. That's that's certainly a goal that we we have going into that 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 next phase of the tournament. Talking of preparation, all the pre-tournament signs were really positive. Um, players showing themselves in good form and so on. And then out to the UAE, that opening game against Singapore, a really good start to to chasing one six eight, but ultimately falling a couple of runs short. Um, how did the the fact and the the manner of that result uh, affect the team? Yeah, well, you mentioned our preparation. I think you always want more preparation. You always want uh, more game time. You always want um, you know uh, as as competitive competition as you can get before a tournament like that. And I think in terms of our preparation, just to cover that side of things, I think we had really good preparation. We went across to Ireland. We we were playing some really good T20 cricket at that stage. Uh, we narrowly lost in that final game to Ireland, which I think, you know, did play a little little bit of a role in terms of just denting a little bit of confidence potentially. But it's more about how we lost that game uh, when we, you know, when we were in the driving seat to win that game. Um, and then going across to South Africa, um, different conditions, different environment, different culture that we had to go across, and and get used to very quickly. And and we had. Um, our first game in South Africa, we showed incredible character to come back and win win our first game when potentially we should have lost it. So, so right there and then you see um, this word called character that stands out and shows a lot of resilience in your team. And and as a coach, that's something you always want to see. Um, you know, and you mentioned that first game against Singapore. Um, we were certainly as well prepared of it, prepared for it as we potentially could have been in terms of analysing what we might face with them. We knew that they they were on a serious run of form in terms of winning cricket games. Um, so we had no illusions that it was going to be an easy cricket game. We um, we did uh, all our homework in terms of uh, knowing what we might face against Singapore, but um, you know that doesn't guarantee you a result. You know when you get into a, a T20 fixture against opposition that you potentially haven't played much against, or, or even at any point, um, it becomes quite quite crucial that you you probably win the key moments in the game. And and I think if you look at that game, we started incredibly well with the ball. We then went off the boil when we actually had them under under pressure. We allowed them back in the game, and then when we were chasing, we started incredibly well with, with Munns and um, and Carl getting off us off to a great start. And then we took the foot off the pedal again, you know, so it was just not winning the key moments in the game. And then if you look at that, um, we did exceptionally well to get all the way to the end of that game. Callum McLeod played superbly. We had the game um, basically won, and uh, and then we we did well to lose it in the end, um, you know, which which ultimately would have dented the confidence again, I think. But to then go and win back-to-back games straight after that showed um, a hell of a lot of character and showed a hell of a lot of resilience that that we pride ourselves on in this team. Um, if there's one thing I can tell you, this team has it's it's, you know, when the pressure's on, we can we can put performances in. Um, there's no doubt about that, and that's something that we've really been working on in terms of trying to start tournaments a little bit better, um, not always have to lose a game to learn lessons and then come back fighting after that. So it's so a lot of lessons learned, but but a lot of positives to also take out of out of that little journey we had. And it, it's a bit of a cliche, I suppose, they talk about the burden of being, of being favourites. Um, but did that tag of, of, of being the pre-tournament favourites, did it become a bit of a millstone around the neck of the team? Or is, it, is that something that in the bubble of a of a tournament isn't really on the players radar i think it's 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 actually not something we really spoke much about i think because you always want to any tournament you go into you want to make sure that you you're as best prepared and and as ready as you can be to win that tournament whether you're the favorites or not um shouldn't really make a difference i think um 
the one thing this team has probably had to go, get used to over the lot the, you know this, the last 12 months is is having done so well there with that comes expectation you know not only from from your own fans but from other fans around the world that 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 expect a Scotland team to go out and play well they expect you to play in a certain style and when it doesn't happen you know it's it's very easy to to look at that and criticize the, you know what happened but um, you know, if we want to move forward as a team and we want to make sure that we, we're pressing on to bigger and better things, we're going we're gonna to have to sometimes play with a tag of being, being a favourite. Uh, there's one thing for sure, we don't go into the World Cup as favourites. Uh, we certainly go in as underdogs. And, you know, it's, it's, it's also managing that tag, you know, when, when, when it's not much is expected of you as a team at a, at a big competition, does that free you up to play better cricket? Or, you know, or, or do you play as the tag suggests? So... So we're constantly doing work in terms of um, mindset of, of of dealing with pressure and you know having the expectation of doing well. Um, so that's that's something we we have focused on a little bit recently. But I think at the end of the day, I have no doubt that if this team plays this sort of cricket, we know that we're capable of playing. Um, we can put in some really good performances and achieve some incredible results. You know, I, I believed at the T20 World Cup qualifier. If I'm honest, we were at probably 65, 70% max. Um, I think there's another 30% in the tank and, and we're hoping to find that over the next sort of period so that we can start putting in the sort of performances that we expect and that our fans expect of us. Which brings us very nicely to the next assignment, which is back in the UAE uh, once again for the next uh, matches, uh, the third round of Cricket World Cup League 2. Um, two quite unpredictable teams in the UAE, UAE and uh, and USA uh, that we're facing. The UAE, obviously, with the... the off-field troubles have been well documented, but came back in the in the qualifier just gone to beat Ireland. Um, whereas the USA were terrific in round two of the of the uh, Cricket World Cup League Two, um, but pretty much capitulated in their regional qualifier for the T Twenty World Cup. So, what are your thoughts about those two teams and and the challenge that's uh, that's ahead of Scotland? Yeah, well, the first challenge is you you're going back to a place that that can be incredibly tough to play cricket. You know, the UAE is is an incredibly warm place. We found it in the T20 qualifiers. There were some days, you know, that exceeded 40 degrees in temperatures, and uh, you're facing different surfaces every day. So, um, so yeah, that's something we've got to adapt to and get get a lot better at doing. So, we we've had uh, the advantage of of playing in those conditions now not long ago. So we we go back to the UAE, um, you know, a far more confident side in terms of those those conditions. But again, that doesn't guarantee you anything. You know, we're going to face a UAE team that has been through a little bit of turmoil, and if I'm honest, probably that could be a team that's at their most dangerous when we go back there. You know, there's going to be a lot of guys that have come into the team, and they're going to want to make sure that they cement places, um, and they've got pride to play for. Um, they've certainly got a lot of players that they can pick from. You know, we've we've been going and analysing a few of their players, and there's not just a, a squad of 15. There's a there's a big squad that they can choose from. Um, and um, and then you know you move on to the US USA. They've also been in a little probably more off the field turmoil than on the field. You know they they are, they are a team that that's certainly going to be a, a you know a force to to be reckoned with over the next few years. I think um, they've got a lot of good players. They have got um, you know guys that can not only smash the ball out the park, but they have got guys that can bowl really quickly, and they've got some exciting cricketers. Um, and also a team that you just you just don't quite know what they what they're going to arrive with. Um, so two teams that we have to be really respectful of, um, but again, not fear them because I think if we play the sort of cricket we know how to play and we go and execute our game plans and um, and guys are putting in the sort of performances that not only that you know we as coaching staff expect of them, but that they expect of themselves, then I have no doubt that we could um, you know that we can go and beat both those sides that that, that we've just mentioned. Um, 
they're dangerous. They're going to be even more dangerous in that environment, I think. But um, you know, if we if we go there really well planned and 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 we we go there um, in in a little bit of a better space than probably we were there not so long ago, I think um, I think we're gonna you know they're gonna have to be careful of a Scotland team that has a lot of firepower in it. And talking of that squad, you've you've described it as a a real blend of of youth and experience. It is, you know, we can't just have an eye on on what we're currently doing now. We've got to also have an eye on the twenty twenty three World Cup, you know. And with that is is a three sort of four year process that that might might need a bit of a, a change in terms of the squad. And you've got a couple of young players that are vying for places. And um, you know, at some point we've got to throw them into the the pressure cooker that is the Cricket World League Two and, and see if they've got what it takes. You know, that doesn't mean uh, we we're not going to you know give our experienced players the opportunity to. To, to, to gun for a place in a World Cup, of course not. Um, you know that just means that they're going to have to keep putting in really good performances for their country. But um, you know, if I see what our under-19s are currently doing, and, and they're going to a World Cup in in a couple of months in South Africa, and then and then we've also got an academy system that's starting to go from strength to strength. So so with that, he's going to start producing more players within the pipeline, um, and and eventually we want to see a couple of those younger players come through. In terms of our squad. Um, it hasn't changed much. It's got one or two changes, maybe from the T20 qualifier that we that we went there with previously. Um, so we bring in Stuart Whittingham, who who can bowl um, with a lot of pace, which which is exciting, obviously in the you know especially in the white ball format. Um, so it's nice to have a guy that can bowl with with extreme pace. We're bringing um, Dylan Budgeworth, who who came over as a replacement for um, for Ollie Hares when he broke his foot in the tournament. So Dylan is a very versatile player that can bat in many. Different positions. Um, you can also bowl a few overs um, with a very awkward action, so that's quite handy to have. And then we've got Michael Jones, who's who's just been signed by Durham, so I think he's, you know, he's coming off that high, and he's a young player that can also, you know, make an impact at the top of the order wherever else he might be required. So we bought three guys in that I think, um, you know, if if selected, can really make a dent in in in, in the game, and um, it's exciting to have those players involved, but it's also. You know, it's also nice to be able to rotate the squad and make sure that we have guys coming in and out of that squad and with, a, with an eye on the future too. So um, I think the, the squad's in a healthy place and I think Cricket Scotland's in a healthy place. Well, that was Shane Berger speaking to Jake Perry for the Cricket Scotland podcast there. Really nice stuff. Um, one thing that really point, uh, stuck out and we were just listening to it there in the studio is that, that point he makes about Scotland now being, you know, the expectation is there and the fact that they are a team to be feared and it means when they do unfortunately lose and possibly you know fail in these these circumstances of meeting the expectations they are at a point where they can be shot at and they are now a target yeah it's it's the price of success isn't it um scotland have gone from the team that was looking to take a bite out of the the bigger fish to becoming a bigger fish themselves and uh we're very much a a, a target in the tournament going into the into the tournament as every pundit was saying that Scotland were the first on the on their list of teams that were going to qualify. That does bring in itself a pressure and an expectation. And um, although Shane was saying it wasn't really filtering through to to the team, that whole kind of atmosphere around it, it would certainly filter through to the other teams. I think. So um, yeah, it's it's interesting going forward. Scotland are in a in a different position now. Um, with success comes comes expectation. Um, but of course, that's that's no bad thing. Yeah, we were saying as well that it's interesting when you play a tournament like this, and great, they, they you know they were expected to to possibly finish in the top three, top you know even finish first in that tournament. Now they've got their place in the World Cup, and they've got a team like Bangladesh in which they could cause an upset victory there. 
But then suddenly, let's look forward to the summer. And then, you know, New Zealand's coming. And again, once, like you said, they'll be looking to be the underdog and secure a magical, ridiculous victory over that team. And suddenly the expectation is completely flipped. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's the nature of the beast, isn't it? Um, take any team, they'll always be uh, someone that you're that you're uh, popping out at the, that's at the at the top of the pile, I suppose. Um, but I mean, as I said before, qualification was the number one thing, um, and I think that we will be seeing a very different Scotland performance come come Australia. Well, let's look ahead to this CWCL two. That's the Cricket World Cup League. Two, uh, still not the uh, nicest acronym We've, to say off the, uh, the, the the top of the tongue. <laughs> we need it. We need a snappy way of saying that, don't we? I don't know the uh, the league. I don't know. It, it, nothing's coming to mind. Um, but let, let's preview this. Uh, the first game is against the USA in the UAE on the 9th of December. Uh, we heard Shane speaking and previewing the tournament here. Where are Scotland saying? It's a fascinating uh, picture, actually. After two rounds of uh, of Cricket World Cup League Two, mm, smashed it. <laughs> So we've got a there's a four way tie um at the top. Um Scotland head the table on on net run rate uh from Namibia, USA and Oman, all of whom have three wins out of four so far. This round promises to be a particularly fascinating one because of all of the off field things that have come with those two teams, as we were alluding to slightly with Shane there. Um the UAE are making their bow in the tournament clearly don't have their troubles to seek. They had four players banned by the ICC anti corruption. Uh, unit just prior to the the qualifier getting underway, then then lost a fifth player who who walked out in the middle of the tournament. But they still managed to beat Ireland pretty comfortably by five wickets with with three overs to spare. So, uh, I mean, as Shane said, a, a damaged team or a team under pressure is a very dangerous team. Um, so it will be fascinating to see how the USA, uh, how the UAE perform, uh, and then coming to the USA. <laughs> honestly, those two names I'm, I'm just uh, really, really struggling with here, as you can tell. Um, going on to to the USA, pretty poor showing, frankly, in the regional qualifier for the T20 uh, World Cup. Bounced back to take three wins on the trot at the start of their Cricket World Cup League Two opener in Florida. Lost to Namibia in the in in the final match, but still did enough to show what a dangerous team they are. Um, they're having a bit of a tough time as we uh, as we speak in the regional Super 50 that's happening in the West Indies at the moment. But the question will be which USA's which USA team is going to uh, is going to turn up. So uh, if there's one thing that the qualifier that's just passed has has proved is that that there is inherent unpredictability in associate cricket. So whatever happens, it promises to be a really fascinating um, week or so out in the uh, out in Sharjah. And just look at PNG as well, you know, not the finest performance out of Manifield when the first round happened there earlier in the year. And look at them finishing second in the qualifying tournament out in the UAE. Well, Jake, you spoke with Hamza Tahir, who himself has had a bit of a, a kind of rebound in his career after that kind of Difficult start in the in the summer last year, uh, well, two years ago now against Pakistan when he got his uh, debut in the T20s there. Kind of hit around the park a little bit, but he's come back and he's bounced back with, in, in fine form. Oh, yeah. If, there, if there's one story that I'm really delighted about in Scottish cricket, it's the, it's the rise of Hamza Tahir. So he's made himself uh, an indispensable part of the of the lineup. As you say, difficult debut against uh, against Pakistan in the in the uh, T20 international back in 2018 
uh, who were, of course, the world number one side. You know, you can't get a, a tougher first gig than that. Um, but made his ODI debut in the second match of the first round of Cricket World Cup League Two uh, in Aberdeen, where he took uh, took four for 37 against PNG, followed that up with a five for against Oman, and since then has, has never looked back. Well, here's Jake's conversation with Hamza for the podcast. Obviously, it was good to be part of the squad, first of all. Um, but yeah, the experience was good. Obviously, missed out the first game, which was pretty disappointing. Thought the wicket suited my type of bowling. Um, but playing the next three games and winning all three, finishing work, leading wicket taker was good. I think the wickets were a little bit slow, but they weren't as they weren't turning square, but they were still good to bowl spin on, which I thought um, we done well as a group. And I think just. Could be any one of us taking the wickets, but it was me on, on those days. A really good qualifier tournament that's just gone past for you as well. well was it food poisoning? I think kept you out of the last uh, couple of no, games. It wasn't, wasn't food poisoning. It was uh, a virus. I don't, I'm not sure what virus it was, but yeah, I was uh, in bed for about four or five days after after the last game against Namibia, I think. And then yeah, I couldn't move from bed for a couple of days. So I had to miss those games, which was unfortunate. But I think I contributed pretty well to towards the team. You know, one or few games got man the match against PNG. Mm. Um, but yeah, obviously disappointing not to win it, which was our goal. Um, but yeah, I think we can be pretty happy with ourselves. Yeah, most most definitely, and um, and obviously a quick return to the UAE coming up now with uh, with Cricket World Cup League Two to play. Of the hosts and and the USA. So, what what are your thoughts about uh, about the conditions in UAE and, and what's uh, what's to come with those two teams? Um, obviously, it's, the weather is going to be a little bit cooler. We were 25, 26 degrees, a bit more bearable than the qualifiers, which was about thirty seven on some days. Um, but I think um, going into those games, we're obviously favourites, looking to win everything. Um, but you never know with these teams. I think USA have got a couple of. Um, Australians, they've drafted into the squad, a couple played county cricket, um, so can't take anyone lately, which is um, what we know. Um, but about the wickets, this, I think it will suit our bowling attack. I think in Sharjah it will be a little bit more flatter, so hopefully our batters can you know, score a lot of runs and then we can just, the bowlers do our job as we've been doing. But um, a couple of the games are in the ICC Academy, which we know pretty well already. Um, we've won most of our games there. Um, so, yeah, it should be good. Mm. Looking forward. Yeah, and, and, and in quite a short space of time, you and Mark Watt have formed this this partnership yeah. um, where, you know, the two of you again had the best economy rates um, over the over the course of the um, the qualifier that's just gone. Um, you're again the specialist spinners for the, the, the upcoming tournament. So how would you describe the partnership that the two of you have, have forged? Um, I think it's just been from under 17's level. Um, we've been playing all the way up to the national team now. So I think we've had that from the start, from playing under 17's under... It was Noxie who was the coach. Um, it was me, Chiki and Wattie, all three of us, um, playing in the same team. So we had three left on spinners and, you know, playing under 17, under 19, you get to know each other. He's, you help each other a lot. You talk a lot about each other's bowling and what to do and what type of surface. And I think we've just, you know, clicked together, which has been good. It's been really interesting to contrast as well your, your two 
your two debuts. You know, your your ODI yeah. debut against uh, against PNG with four thirty seven, and that T twenty I debut T20 against was. Pakistan, which yeah. is about as as tough an assignment as you could possibly be presented with. Um, you know, against the the world number one team back in back in twenty eighteen. So, how do you feel that uh, that you've changed? As a as a player and as a bowler in that time, um, I'd say obviously T Twenty I debut against Pakistan is no tougher test. I wouldn't say, especially at the Grange, good wicket, but you know that just hit me like nothing's ever hit me before. Just the standards you've got to go to to play international cricket. I think I've you know I've adapted well, worked hard. I've changed my bowling a little bit, changed length. You know I think the key thing when you go to international cricket is your length as a bowler. I think you know. You've got to be clear what length you need to bowl and you know stick to the plan. I think, which is what um, made me successful um, so far. Hopefully, it continues as well. Um, but comparing that to my ODI debut, obviously I was a year into it, played a bit more cricket. I think I played against the Dutch and the Irish, and then I played against Oman as well, and then into the ODI stuff, um, which obviously is a different format, a different team. But I still got to be on the money, which is think which I think I've done, and then from there I played more T Twenty I cricket, which I think I'm suited to more, and yeah, that's about it. I think learning from first game and just keep learning, learning every game, which is what I've been doing, taking it into training and then practicing against our own guys and taking it into games, and lots of advice available in the family as well, uh, not least from from your cousin Majid Hack. Yeah, that's uh, right. With the uh, Great sort of spin and, and and Scotland pedigree. Yeah, obviously, uh, cousin Maggie's played Scotland uh, top left digger still. I think. Um, yeah, we obviously talk a lot about bowling plans. It's obviously helped a lot how to adapt into international cricket. You know, so obviously grateful for that. Obviously, Omar, our cousin, other other cousin played for Scotland as well. So you know, we all play cricket. So that's all we talk about. What's uh, what's the ultimate ambition? Um, ultimate ambition I wouldn't really say I've got one I'd say I just take each game as it comes each day as it comes and see where I go from there Well that was Hamza here speaking with Jake for the Cricket Scotland podcast there and that's the end of another episode uh, Jake and I it's been great to be back in the studio great in your company again I've missed you Oh likewise Ian nice uh, to see you <laughs> But it's been good and um, well, we've chatted qualifying tournament I'm sure we'll be chatting Many more episodes to come. CWC is the next time Scotland are in action, and that's on the 9th of December against the USA. So stay tuned across all the Cricket Scotland channels for that. But other than that, this is the end of another episode. <laughs>